Welcome to Women Make Science Fiction. I'm Amy Chambers. And I'm Lyle Skeens. And we're your hosts until they replace us with robots. Or men. That is evergreen, that opening. I love it. It really is. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're very uh, pleased to have with us um, Arati Kadav. Am I saying your name correctly? Yeah, it's Arti. It's Arti. R and T. That's it, Arti. Yeah, the second A is silent. That's what I mean. So it's Arti. Yeah. We had this with the last podcast. We're like, have we just been mangling all of these Eastern European <laughs> names and people are just letting us get away with it? Arti. Okay, I will. Please correct me if I get something wrong uh, with the pronunciation. Um, Arti is a um, Indian filmmaker, excitingly the first woman to direct a science fiction in India. Um, unfortunately, we found Cargo a little bit late, so we did an entire podcast on women in space. Um, and then when we published that particular um, piece, we got some feedback online that said, have you heard of this amazing uh, women-directed um, Hindi language science fiction film called Cargo? Um, and we were like, ah, the theme. But I'm actually glad that we got the opportunity to, to pull it out as a separate piece because it is so different in terms of our understanding of science fiction from that Western perspective. Um, and also it's very different because of the tone as well. A lot of the science fiction that we've looked at in terms of space um, is quite serious in its tone. Whereas this has this gorgeous- Yeah, it's, it's everything retro. else we've seen has been very- stark and very minimalist and very you know quiet and french and and so to have something where it feels like there's a little bit of red dwarf in there and there's a little bit of star trek and there's like it it feels it feels more human somehow um that there's that humor and um sort of you know life and death go on sort of cyclical feel Yes, you know, uh, so I, actually that's very uh, typical of India, like India, in India, there's, there's just so many people on your face all the time. So, you know, the, nobody understands the concept of two people alone in space, that concept doesn't exist, like, you know, so I was also thinking that when I will make a, if I have to make a film in a spaceship, and if I just make two people in space, even though it is like how it should be, like, you know, when people are in space, they are alone, you know, we are just not used to seeing people alone like you know so I was also thinking of how to make it more vibrant and how to bring in you know bring in my neighborhood old you know old aunt into it how to bring in you know all the people the vibrancy or the plurality of the culture on that spaceship and that's how I somehow and I was in that um, I was standing in an immigration line somewhere and then I got an idea that you know what if the spaceship is sort of an immigration center for people who have just arriving after death and how we go through an immigration line, you know, we don't protest, we don't question too much. We, they say fingerprints will give, they say remove your shoes, remove whatever they say, we just comply. So I wanted people to just be, you know, we are almost like that luggage in that conveyor belt. And I thought like the, these people are also like that. They're just like, oh, okay. So it's almost like they got, you know, almost cheated into this, but they're like, okay, now what to do? Let's just surrender and just go for it. So that's where I thought the humor should be. And I, I wanted to that juxtapose that like, you know, with, those kind of contrasting emotion with death, with the mundaneness of it. Because, you know, even though, of course, uh, we don't talk about that, but it is something that is part of uh, our lives, right? Like we, we all lose people we love. And uh, the other thing I also wanted to hint on is that death is not the only way to lose people. Sometimes 
you your friends leave and that's also is in a way you know you, they will no more be with you in the evenings and that is itself is somewhere you know part of you dies when a very close friend moves from one your city to another city so the idea was the departure was what i was talking about like the story of departures you know so that's what was my the essence for me so what we would like to talk about today um is some of the cultural gap that we have in terms of science because there's so little science fiction that's made by women who are not white and european um and so for two white western american and in english uh it's it's relatively easy for us to work our way through a lot of the science fiction because it has that western perspective um but with this one we really loved it but there's definitely bits where we were like i think we probably missed something there <laughs> so we'd like an opportunity to go through some of the aspects of the film uh, that connects it to hindu mythology and india specifically because i think yeah. that's exciting and interesting and innovative and um, so we would like to talk about that yeah it's exciting um for us because it's different but then equally it's your approach is very different from the rest of indian science fiction um yes. that's that yeah. it looks very different it feels very different so that was also exciting yes yeah it was a very uphill battle for me to get to a point to make my film because i had been uh, uh, working uh, trying to make a science fiction film for about 7 to 8 years you know in india and i have only be, i was getting opportunities but i could only make short films in the budgets i was getting so i actually made 5 to 6 short films before i had finally got a chance to right. make a feature and i also were, like you know was doing a lot of other things as doing a lot of experiments in sci-fi you know trying to figure out green screen because you know those are the things that are available only for big budget productions so i was trying to make it work in my indie setup so that has always been there and um, i guess the you know always we can see a struggle in two ways one is of course it costed you years of your life and you know especially like you know you start struggling somewhere in your late 20s and then you end up making finally making a film in like really late 30s so you know so you always wonder like oh my gosh that it took me a decade of my life to get to a point to make a film but i guess it also gives you a certain wisdom and lot of appreciation for the opportunity when you finally get it so i was sure like that when i would make a film from sci-fi from india i'll not make something that is popular in west and just rehash it and make it you know an indian setting which can itself be very pop uh, you know fun and stuff but i really wanted to make a very homegrown sci-fi and you know so indians india has a very rich culture and very rich mythology you know and all this concepts that we used in cargo the concept of demons and you know life after life you know so all these names are part of our collective consciousness so my goal was also that when i would make a film like that i i would be part of some continuum so we as you know a grandparents used to tell us this crazy amount of mythological stories then came you know bollywood which became the dominant you know form of storytelling in india like not so many people read they all like just watch movies 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 and then they, that has a certain format and that had very little room for science fiction or mythology or magic whatever was there you know either it was like very out there big budget or was a copy of a, you know the last very good 
uh, Indian sci-fi film was copy of E.T. So, and that's all we have, like, you know, as far as, you know, sci-fi is concerned. Yeah. So I really wanted to make something that is original and be part of that. So, you know, so I was taking the responsibility. I thought even if nobody cares, at least I will care about the responsibility I am taking and I'll value it. And even if, you know, at least... I would feel, you know, alone in my room because now you're used to staying in your private heart and private space. So, you know, at least that way I feel that, okay, I tried to do something that I really believed in. And I was trying to, you know, really, you know, way like, yeah, like since you are a researcher, you know, you're just taking things forward, you know, doing your research and taking things forward. Even if you're doing a magical sci-fi story, you are, you know, you are like doing your homework right. So that was my goal when I was making cargo. So I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm really sorry. There are a lot of very cultural specific references, but we can discuss it as we go forward. And I never for apologize sure. for them. Uh, I think we, we love were, them. We were saying just before uh, yeah. we started speaking to you that we were able, obviously able to watch cinema from all over the world. Um, and mm. we view it then through those moments where it's um, universal. And so um, we can understand the sort of like the story, enjoy it. We laughed all the way through. There was, um, we loved the, um, the, humor, the humorous approach to death. Uh, the, like the, I have to say the man in the lift who dies with the mobile phone and we were like, no, you're dead. And he's like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just need to finish the call. <laughs> I just love that sort of like human element of like, no, I've just got to finish this thing now. And you're like, it really doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> you're done. <Yeah. laughs> so the, the disconnection that um, Prahasta. Yes. Brilliant. Um, has is from Earth as well as from uh, other demons, as well as from the people that he's processing and, and I that sort of bureaucratic processing of of people was very in, interesting yeah. um this sort of Raksha translates vaguely as as demon um yes. but, but I think there are a lot of uh western misreadings of that yeah. can you give us a bit of sort of information on that yeah. uh particular character type because obviously it's through various different different Hindu and Sanskrit epics but it's just for us, we sat there going, oh, but they're really nice. And demon to us is so specifically something that tends oh. to be evil. Um, and yeah. sort of, could you just sort of give us a bit of information yeah. on that in terms of that subversion and how that fits into this story? Yes. So culturally, when we talk about Rakshasas or demons in India, they are not necessarily bad people. Like, in fact, there's a lot of uh, you know, there's no concept of good and bad. There's a lot of grace everywhere. Like even in gods, in Hindu mythology, the gods are prone to doing evil things and the, the demons can do good things. Like, you know, so sometimes they are, of course, they are like gu guiding a, a forest, but sometimes you can even cheat them or you can like, you know, so they are also a little bit clumsy, you know. So there's this whole range. They kind of mirror what, uh, you know, how humans are in a way. And uh, so I, uh, so in fact, uh, the names in the film, like Prasa, all of them are actually name of popular demons and, you know, and they all have the powers, but I kind of reimagine those powers in a more office-like setup rather than in, you know, because all the previous stories were set in jungles or forest or this or that or wars and this. So what if the same thing they are here, like, you know, and, and not all the po powers of any use, because there are stories where, 
there's one demon who's just very long and that's it like there's nothing oh. more that <laughs> we have so i wanted to give them some redundant powers and you know so there's this one lady who does a show also in the film which is called self reliance show you know uh, she comes in the tv throughout the show because the people come and complain to her i have this power but it is of no use it's like the guy who's who's sitting in the monitor who says i can disappear but only 90% so it's like oh, we love him he was wonderful <laughs> i am now anytime i have to put transparency in any of my graphic documents it's going to be 86.7% <laughs> Yeah, so I, I wanted to bring that, and all of their names have a significance. Like the guy, his name was Nitigya. The guy who thinks, like you know, the guy who comes in the night, his name was Chetanya, which means a guy who doesn't sleep. So all the names also had a lot of meanings, and there were small things that I also did. Like there's one very famous uh, female uh, uh, demon, Rakshas, who's only. So, you know also in this mythologies were sexist like obviously because they were like 100 years old so she had like you know a sort of crush in uh, on uh, lord ram who is like also a god in like you know and so uh, he kind of chopped off her nose and ears and like you know really mutilated her so she was called shurpanakha like you know in the uh, in and i was just used to feel that like you know that's the worst thing. that's like what was her fault like and we, sh- we should not celebrate this and we need to reimagine this so if you see there's a pop star in the film who keeps singing and who wins the big contract so her name i had put shrutnagar so i was just reimagining you know these things also that like now in the modern context when even the rakshas world is going through this modernization and there is obviously when there's modernization there's protest and all that but all these stories all this woman who a woman who likes to express herself by singing and dancing is actually getting rewarded with contracts and not being mutilated so those are also the little little things that i had planted throughout the film yeah i think and that's one of the things that um we found in the women make science fiction is that you get an opportunity to subvert those narratives where women are constantly victims or um characters that are used as um the motivation for a male character so we've talked a lot about this um comic book sort of idea of fridging where you take a, a female character and and sort of turn her into a victim to give motivation and sto- and backstory to your male hero yeah. um yeah. I, I found it really interesting that in the women made science fiction that we've looked at so far you often get these opportunities to subvert not hugely in the in a way that would sort of cause issues for selling these movies but are just enough for a women audience to go we didn't have to see thank (laughs) you we didn't have to see a woman as victim to in order for a science fiction film to progress um and so I really appreciated that um with Yavishka she is a Rashka medic medical Rashka so she can heal people that's her power quite useful um and I thought that was really interesting that you get in that one character this mix of the mythological figure of the Raksha with the medic as this sort of scientific uh learnt experience becoming something that is her power and I was just interested in that sort of idea of power in terms of science and technology because that's quite an interesting strand in the film as well as um power through mythology through the self because her power comes through believing in herself at the end of the of the film and I I, I liked that resolve as well you were like yeah she (laughs) believed she could so she did 
Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah. I um, for me, I always felt when I was used to talk to my actress, I used to tell her that you know, healing powers actually, if we all see in a way, we all have. It's not something that just she has. Like, it's not necessary that we need to be medical professionals or whatever. Even just being good human beings, we can. You know, you have to just believe in the world, and you know, and that's all you. And that's all you need sometimes to believe in someone, and that's how you can heal. And for me, it was about her. You know, her graph of someone very fresh-faced coming, seeing her job as like, oh, I can do this. I'm gonna do this. Like, you know, and without really connecting. And when she connected, is it was in a way her coming of age you know for me the film where she actually realized first she gets disillusioned by the whole idea of death that like you know the stories of cargoes abruptly ending like you know so she's little disillusioned by that only to in the by the end of it but i also wanted to show that even in that she tries to in a way heal prahasta by connecting him to his girlfriend and stuff so even in that day something of her, a spark of her that is still alive even when she feels it's not there and i guess in the end like you know that was the, my whole idea of her thing was that like it's about the self belief that comes back the you know and also our evolved understanding of the world like you know you don't have to uh, it doesn't again it doesn't have to be perfect but it, even if it's imperfect you do your best you do your job best and you heal people so that was the idea that i i would tell her like you know so and i wanted her to be new age and fun and you know little bit go by love her as an influencer that sort of um the youtube <laughs> channel um and the way that that was framed um your sort of visual style is really exciting uh, so obviously i'm i'm a film studies lecturer and um, so i get really excited about product product production design and cinematography yeah. and i love the shifts between uh different digital spaces so you had the sort of texture of the film changes according to whether it is um yeah i can't say nigaya yeah. sir the the guy who's on the little tv um his the texture of where he's filmed is very lively and very analog yeah um, yeah and there's a sort of softness to it when you have the um youtube sequences with um yuvishka and then feels very crisp and futuristic and science fiction when we get the external shots and then yeah. there's this yeah. sort of warmth to the texture that's very retro yeah. in a lot of yeah. the um yeah sort of sequences inside of the spaceship and then the adverts as well these sort of different textures of filming I thought were really beautiful we loved the loneliness detective also we might not have fully understood how he fitted into the narrative but we definitely were sold (laughs) (laughs) yeah no uh so I guess it it was in a way for me the urban loneliness is the biggest uh, challenge we as humans have so I wanted his arc to be the it's in a way an episodic film but even within that he wanted to give some structure right so for me uh Yuvishka healing him was in a way was like healing us all of us like we are all lonely in our urban spaces and that's what it was a little bit about uh essentially that and yeah actually this film was very low budget we were extremely low budget so we were really innovating a lot with colors textures you know leaving a lot to post as well and you know innovating there um to an extent that if you see the screens like you know there are only few screens which we do computerized otherwise what we had done in the background was 
we had taken uh, photo frames and we used to manually change uh, images between takes so that it looks that it was moving like though it never moved within a take but it still gave, gave us sense that it's a moving screen like you know so we tried to innovate a lot there uh, you know try to minimize vfx also so that was there yeah so and, the, the analog retro style the sort of 1980s texture of the film was that because yes. of budgetary requirements or was it a, a stylistic choice or did they end up yeah. being both yeah exactly it was both because i i love retro sci-fi sci i'm actually a very big doctor who fan like you know so i love everything doctor who. so i wanted to i definitely and also yeah i mean if i would actually go for really cutting at sci-fi you know i would require even higher budgets in vfx i wanted things to be clunky i wanted the spaceship also my uh brief to my production designer was also that who's like a wonderful guy actually i was really blessed i had a very good production designer so my brief to him was also that that it's a spaceship it's an old animal like metallic animal you know clunky it's probably it might just fall apart you could probably see the paint worn out in places you know so make it little like that make it you know make it feel like even from outside make it feel like it's breathing you know that it needs to live to exist and it's not just something like just floating without breathing you know so things like that was there yeah so we both and we both loved retro sci-fi so and i think it just naturally came to us that let's just do this those were our references also we also wanted to make it little colorful because you know spaceships in general uh, of course like there are a lot of filmmakers who make colorful spaceships but even when we go out referencing the top spaceships are mostly cream or white in color and we wanted to say that prastha is blue and the spaceship is blue and this girl comes in and she is like bright yellow in con contrast and we wanted to make that world very colorful and you know we wanted to make the earth uh, or the people coming from earth very earth colors so you know browns and greens so if you see any cargo who comes in none of them are in bright colors they are in all you know muted gray muted grays or muted greens and muted browns so we were trying to you know make it a uh, work a lot on the visual design of the film so it was uh, and in fact like we didn't have the budget to make the entire spaceship at one go so we made three rooms we shot those three rooms and then we just restructured those into another three rooms and shot but nobody would know like you know because earlier i wanted to make that whole healing area also green you know because i felt that that's a hospital or whatever but they said oh we'll have to paint so we don't have the budget to be nice it's fine then let it be blue like which is because we were just reassembling it so we were like playing lego with the space set in a way yeah. <laughs> but it works and it allows you to have that sort of variety and you're working within those constraints and it works really well um there is a, a lovely sort of consistency across it but also you can feel yeah I really loved the retro analog feel and some of that is because I'm a geriatric millennial and Lyle is a zennial in the middle no um, I'm gen x you are you, you putting you, me in a generation below you but I'm no, a zennial no zennial no have you not picked that one? They're calling the Gen Z crossover with millennials Zennial as well with a Z. Oh, that's very confusing. <laughs> but us. it's also oh, pronounced no. the same way as the Gen X cross with the millennial. Um, so in an audio format. Okay. <laughs> you can just be Gen X then. You can claim yes. your 
I, I'm know, just baby Gen X. You're geriatric baby, millennial, millennial baby cool. Gen X. But yeah, I, I, the, one of the first things I said was the, the keypad where the, the tape comes out of it, that calculator, my mom had that calculator and I was like, oh my God, they, she got my mom's calculator with all the tape that comes out of it. I, it was just, it was, it was fantastic to see how, how rich a, a scenescape the mise-en-scene could be, um, you know, even with things that are, you know, clearly, you know, we knew it was low budget, um, but it was still, it, it worked. Absolutely. It worked. And, and in the same way that, you know, still the old Star Trek work, you know, the original series of Star Trek work in the way that Dr. Who works, you, you know, that it's just Legos being moved around, but, but it's just, it's magic how it, it comes together through that. And you never, you never get that feeling in it of like, Oh, I can see where that's just a piece of cardboard. I mean, you can and you can't, but it because it, it works for that sort of thrown together office type space that you're going for, right? With the old TV and the guy with the tie, and 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 it's. It, I think that it was it was a lovely marriage of uh, the sort of you know we're we're trying to save as much money as we can. You only have cheap paper here, yada yada, and and a, a spaceship that's been up there for you know. A generation worth of people yeah it fits yeah. it sort of fits yeah. into that existing science fiction idea of the sort of isolated uh, astronaut of the uh, forgotten spaceship so um in terms of things like moon or stalker the tarkovsky films and mm -hmm. um, yeah. where they have this sort of like you we expect an image of space to be this sort of like super futuristic clean lines and sort of beautiful everything and the reality of space is that the of spaceships is they're filled with wires and bits hanging off all over the place they're not sort of neat and futuristic they've got the sort of texture of being slightly tacked together and and sort of they've had to make fixes along the way so I think there's more of a reality to this sort of retro yeah. piecemeal design of 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 spaceships yeah. rather than the sort of super futuristic sort of cleanliness yeah. that we got in something like 2001 a space odyssey whether these beautiful sort of yeah clinical it's, spaces whereas actually it's an office space for yeah. this yeah. demon <laughs> yeah and also <laughs> i think also very indian because in india if uh, if you see people who are working in indian space program they are simple government officials who probably take their different, you know, they ride their bike, you know, they not all of them will have that. So I wanted to show that their conversations will be like that. It's like how if you go to an Indian bank, you will be have a lady who would like, you know, you wouldn't guess from outside that she is like a lady who, you know, she would be like maybe having flowers in her hair, but she's stamping and she's discussing recipe of some food with something while she's doing this, uh, you know, high-tech bank and computer work because that's how they are and we see them. So that even, even when space program will happen, it will reach that point. Even then, it will be the same set of people. It will not that, you know, people will just drop from vacuum with the very different training and stuff like that. Of course, there'll be people like Yuvishka who are like new age and stuff. But like a lot of traditional people will be like our aunts and uncles or our fathers and mothers, you know. So that was my idea that like you feel very ho at home, like you don't feel alienated. You feel very warm in that, you know, in the com in the company of Nitigisa or, or anyone who's working there. Like, yeah. So... I have a question. You have the treaty that has uh, brokered peace between the Raksha and the humans. Where are the humans? 
uh, how do the the demons and the humans fit together in their lives? Because we go back to uh, Yavishka's family, who are Raksha. Yeah. And I'm just trying to work out where everyone is. Do they share the earth? Is there a, their different spaces? Yeah. Um, how do they coexist? Because that was one of the things I couldn't work out. Yeah. They look, so they're shapeshifters, they can look human, and so they, you don't have to create yeah. an alien look. But I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, exactly. Your question is right. And this is again like going back to Indian mythology. We have a lot of demons staying on earth, but they stay separately also. Right. So that was the idea we were working towards that like, you know, uh, that they, they were coexisting on earth, but also they had a separate planet. But the ones coexisting on earth were like not like super cool or super awesome. They're more like outcasts there and like, you know, some of them are just being mean or some of them are just managing to survive but the one out there are probably the one part of a good structure and part of this whole organization so when Yuvishka was coming she was not coming from earth she was coming from her planet and everything right that makes more sense yeah because yep. I love those those video calls with her her mother and with her sister where her sister's developing her powers and there's that very sort of like uh, human family elements to that in terms of, of sort of being excited about your older sister going to university or going on to the next stage of their life and, and you sort of still being there behind but also feeling that you're progressing into that next stage. Um, yes. I thought the sort of um, not woman's journey because that sounds really horrible uh, but the sort of progression of that particular character and you can see that she's part of this uh, line of women who have, have, have sort of developed yeah. and changed and, and her sister's going to follow her and she's there as that first to do that to go to university to go and do that next thing yeah. yes, um, yes. and her sort of self-belief is something that she has to work on and I think that that was a very universal story for us in terms of being the first woman to go yeah. to something she's the, the first woman to have been on on is it pushpack I love the name yes. pushpack 364a yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. bureaucratic I love it <laughs> and pushpack again is a very um, uh, Indian the only Indian spaceship that we have part of Indian mythology is called pushpack so we just use that. Earlier I was thinking, oh, we should not use that because that's what everybody uses. I said, oh, but then let it be. <laughs> let's just use that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So we, and I thought, let there be many of them. So they will have a yeah, bureaucratic tag attached to it. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's not sort of like the Orion or the whatever. It's pushback <laughs> number 7231 something. Um, yeah. I just sort of, this sort of mythological name uh, then attached to a sort of barcode, I thought was a really nice touch as well. This sort of combination, the, the sort of the combination of the mythological with the science fictional worked really well in this context. So I'm I'm really interested in that tension between fantasy and science fiction, between yeah. Yeah. science and religion. And I thought that was very interesting component of this, but yeah. really realistic because we really link up you know a lots of different cultures link up space with uh mythology right we we name 
planets after gods and spaceships after after stories and and other gods and things like that and it's it's that sort of you know striving to climb mount olympus or uh you know to to reach the stars to you know all of that sort of unknown exploration and and looking up and and i i love that that combination of you know they're both vast and unknown spaces whether it's mythology or it's space it's it's us trying to answer questions and then you add you add the notion here of of death which is the ultimate unknowable space and put it in space which is this big black you know and then apply some bureaucracy which just is is a brilliant touch of of humor and and definitely how it would be because we all expect that it's going to be oh it'll be magic you'll automatically be assigned your place and and no it's you got to go through some metal detectors (laughs) give up your phone i love uh, like the things that they brought from earth were in a sealed uh see-through plastic bag that went into a a tray uh, tray. i was like yeah we've all been there they die with the the objects that they are on them when they die go yeah, with them yeah yeah no there are a lot of questions people do ask is it the body coming or is it a metaphysical version of the body coming and i would say it's a metaphysical version of the body coming not really body but let's just say that it's whatever a form of whatever you're carrying all form of your attachments basically carry forward and that's a just little little it's little poetic liberties that sometimes you have to take because you can't show them just coming as dead body without their things, you know. So let them things in their pocket, let their things be there. Like you know, I like the magician with the yeah. with the um, scarves. I was like, yeah. he's very attached to those scarves. They are part of yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. But the phones as well. I, I think the phone has definitely become an extension of uh people of us <laughs> we're you know within touching distance and, yeah, I, know. and yeah. I thought the phone element was really interesting so you have this desire to phone home in an yeah. ET style um and um Yavishka's sort of moments where she does let people call home and they do uh bad things rather than uh calling to tell their loved ones that they loved them I saw I thought that was really funny and then she was just we were like oh she's so sad that she let that man ruin someone else's life um but I think the phone as this sort of like part of us now was quite a strong element of this and then the match between the corded phones on the spaceship and the iPhones the the smartphones that people brought yeah. had brought with them yeah, it's quite interesting yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, we should have different devices for these guys. And my production is that I said, you have budgets to only fix Prasta's device. You have no budget for Yuvishka's device. So she, you will have to use your actor's phone or your own phone. I'm like, okay, let's like, make Prasta's look like a board. Like, you know. So yeah, and let her just own have model's a, own. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So we can just say, oh, she's new age. So she will have the latest model. So whatever. But like, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you go back and you feel, oh, I wish, you know, we had budgets for this. But sometimes there are a lot of decisions we took because we had less budgets and that also worked out in our favor. So it's always like, you know, 50-50, like, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think as, a, as a creator, sometimes the the decisions that you make because of the limitations, and we've all seen this, right, um, where you, you absolutely love a low-budget film that a filmmaker makes because they've had to do all, make all those creative decisions to overcome their budget and because that film makes it really big, they then get a huge budget for the next film and it's a little bit flat because 
yeah. that creativity it doesn't need to be there you get that um, come so my one would be the, the donnie darko where you have donnie darko which is I'm a male filmmaker with a relatively large budget, but it's relatively low budget for an indie American film. And what they have to do to sort of build tension, what they have to do to build the characters, um, how they uh, constructed various scenes using actual people's houses and, and how they sort of work that in. And then you see Southland Tales, which is his next film where he's just being given this like immense budget. And as I do actually kind of love Southland Tales for its messiness. But it's, there's just so much going on and there's no one has gone, no, don't do that. <laughs> um, and so it ends up being sort of over the top, whereas as Donnie Darko was so tightly done, again, when he gets to do a director's cut, horrible. But that original film is so tight and well put together. And I, Cargo had that feeling of being... Yes, you could. You, we know because we've researched it beforehand that it was low budget, um, as often women directed debut films are, um, and that it had this sort of retro style which allowed for that budget, but also worked with the. And you have to work it in, and, and yeah, yeah, it didn't yeah. feel. It didn't have the Doctor Who. I can push. You felt like you could like push the set and it would fall over. It felt. Yeah. well developed it felt very intentional um yeah. which we, yeah and I think the advertising has been really interesting so on Netflix you get different uh uh what's the word I'm looking for uh, icon avatar yeah. images yeah avatar images for the movie so when we were searching for cargo um on Netflix we got different images so I got a beautiful picture um, of your lead actor who is very handsome and looks yeah. beautiful in all the shots we <laughs> uh, and because I watch lots of um, I, I just mucked out with him he was just upcoming actor now he's becoming a very big star in India he's like the next superstar of India oh, so I'm very amazing. happy I worked with him three years ago when <laughs> he was just yeah so my avatar I got him looking very handsome and I was like because I watch lots of uh soapy dramas apparently and you, you got a different picture and we were because you got more of a retro tron. I got the sort of like neon um uh sort of poster. 80s tron synthesizer feel yeah that poster and uh I'm so like, it's got a beautiful man on it you can see I was it like, it's a man no there is no <laughs> I see no beautiful man where is he because of course I'd seen that I'd seen that poster when I I looked up where I was going to watch it and uh, I was like, where is he? He's not, I was going to be really sad <laughs> if it wasn't on my, somehow on my Netflix and it was on hers. Because there's another uh, film called Cargo about zombies. And I was like, no, it's not that one. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. the retro, the retro science fiction, not the zombies. Um, so yeah. I have, a, I have a question, which um, my side of things, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not, I don't make films and I don't study films. Um, I watch a lot of films, um, but uh I, you mentioned that the the film has kind of an episodic structure and I'm I'm interested in that because what we've seen in a lot of these women directed uh, films is that one they don't tend to follow this very formulaic Hollywood structure and the fridging and it's got to be this epic journey and it, which is really really boring and cliche at this point um, and also we're in in the field of narratology we're starting to get this this you know we're starting to get awareness in the west and and we're a bit slow on everything that historically um 
not everyone tells stories the way that we do. Not everyone follows the 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 hero's yeah. journey, the the Joseph Campbellian um, model, and there are other ways to tell stories based on different mythological um, histories. Yeah. So I, I'd love to hear you talk more about that and the structure and, and how you, you, where you got that and, and were inspired yeah. by what- Yeah, so for me, uh, yeah, so one of the very um, central themes of the film was that everything's circular, you know, and the life goes on. And that's how I wanted to show that like, you know, and one replaces the other. Like, so for me, it was just the story of this one girl will come and replace that dad like you know in a way and which and in the shorter uh, uh, it, it, in a smaller installment it's like you know stories of these people who are dying and coming and they are also going through their journey so that was the something that I was working towards and I remember I had a, a conversation with one of my very close friends I was like I'm just so bored with three act structure because maybe also I'd made a lot of short films and we had been doing and he's like you have to do three act structure because people will run away you know people don't have the patience for something that is meditated but I said you know but this is a story about life after death I can't make it about some victory or this it has to have a bittersweetness it has to have a like you know you saw something and you know I, I would say but life ends in death and which is not like wow there's nothing grand about it but not there's something like that it's just something like so I have to make it like this so we had a lot of discussions and it's put something like you know in the end and it's still I want to say oh but I want to do subtle subtle so I, I remember one of the reviewers said that this is the first time we've seen an Indian film where we felt, oh, I wish the director was not so subtle because usually they wish that I wish they were subtle, <laughs> like, you know, because all the time they're on the nose. But yeah, I thought that this, especially I want to give, uh, every story was important, every cargo was important for me there. So for me, it was working that way. And within that, I was very mildly touching the, you know, the central track of these two people, Krasta and Yuvishka, and making her go through her own self-doubt and her coming of age. But I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I was at that. And it's also the phase, you know, in your men, you know, right now I'm very, because of the feedback I got, I'm really very keen on having a very plot based in this. But at that point, I guess I was feeling very free and I was feeling very much in my element and I really wanted to do whatever I wanted to do with the story. And at that point, uh, I was feeling that, like, let me just go, let it flow, like, you know, let it just be, uh, you know, uh, yeah, nothing, no, not very, nothing very massive, just very subtle disillusionment. And you're like, okay, like, you know, oh, okay, fine, life is fine. I just wanted it to be like that, like, you know, that, and uh, so that was my thing. And so hence it ended up being episodic and I was aware that it's going to be like that. Um, and... Yeah, so it worked also for a lot of people, but it, it also didn't work for a lot of people. And it's okay, I guess it's, I also learn in the process as to- Yeah, I, I, I think that there's, there's that line to walk between telling the story that you want to tell and, and, and having a sort of having a different structure because I work in um, interactive narratives. So we also, at, to a certain extent, have to throw a three-act structure out the window because you never know how someone's going to move through a story and yeah. what parts they'll repeat and what parts will cycle. And, and so there's lots of different structures. Yeah. Um, and you, you, we have the same resistance, which is where was the ending? What was actually happening? Did I miss something sort of thing? Yeah. And it was, it was 
I kind of I felt that initial like where's the story where is this going you know that first 15 minutes where's the inciting incident blah 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 and then after after like the first 20 minutes I was like actually I'm enjoying this I like the characters I see the funny bits there's going to be a new cargo come in there's good and it's we're just going to roll with it and it it was far more of that feeling of like you know when you have a sick day and you just lie there and you put red dwarf on or Shit's creek or something and you're just gonna roll through the little things and it doesn't necessarily mean anything big and it was just this lovely um sort of feel of just going through yeah that sort of cycle um yeah and and i think that that you captured that and um maybe it's not a commercial structure or what have you but um it's it's nice to have it's refreshing to have something different that that is unpredictable but and yet because it's cyclical it's a little bit predictable but in a different way yeah 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 Um, so we're both obviously science fiction fans and we're very pleased that you like Doctor Who um I am a massive Doctor Who I am where I keep pointing to my neck like you can see that on a podcast but I'm wearing my favorite <laughs> Doctor yeah, Who necklace. Lovely. I was like oh gosh I want that like yeah. I have a lot yeah. of nerdy necklaces this is one of my sort of subtle ones where people are like are you a doctor and I'm like yes I am but also this is a Doctor Who necklace and that sort of like ruins the doctor thing quite quickly. People are like oh okay I'm like I'm also a doctor of science fiction and they're like cool good for you (laughs) you are not as cool as you think you are (laughs) as science fiction fans we see and I think apply in some cases because we're coming from a very western uh white perspective our own intertexts on your film so when we were going through we were looking for the references I think some part of this was because we'd watched Jupiter Ascending as our last film which is just like jam-packed with references to uh western science fiction texts as well as some Japanese um examples as well so we saw references to things like Star Trek Star Wars 2001 Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind I thought the sort of like that that felt that same sort of retro futuristic clunky technology it's doing something really exciting and really futuristic but it looks sort of like a hairdryer um (laughs) So we, yeah. we sort of saw those sort of references. Um, we loved the synthesizer score, Shazam. Uh, Shake, Shake, your um, composer. Uh, his score yeah, yeah, really Shazam. Yeah, thank you. Um, yes. <laughs> it was very Wendy Carlos, very yes. Vangelis. It had that yes. that texture of the eighties yeah. sound. Um, your yeah. production and designer. It's his first film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he did a great yeah. job. <laughs> We had all of those yeah. sort of references, yeah. but obviously Indian science fiction is has as long a history. It it you sort of um, lit, in terms of literature, in terms of, of film, there is a long uh, history of Indian cinema across the different languages um, as well. I think the only um, Indian science fiction I'd seen translates as Robot, and it was in Tamil. Um, that was the only one I'd seen because I had a. Uh, Indian student um, about five or six years ago who wanted to look at Indian science fiction and Bollywood science fiction as her um, 
essay title, which was really exciting for me because I did not know very much about it. So I got this opportunity to watch some, she got hold of some not quite so legal copies of Bollywood films for me so that I could watch some uh, Bollywood science fiction. Um, so as well as the references to the science fiction that we instantly recognize, how are you inspired by Indian science fiction as well? Are there key texts that you're sort of referencing? So in, in several of the reviews, uh, there was mentions of um, a TV series called Captain Volume, which was from the late 1990s yeah. that they kept yeah. saying, were you ref referring to this? Can you give us some sense of the types yeah. of Indian science fiction that has inspired you as well? Some stuff that we can go and watch um, as well. Yeah. You know, so I was like little older than the Captain Vyom generation, you know. So by the time it came, I had already outgrown that. But during my time, there was a movie called Mr. India, where a man, I don't know if you've heard of Mr. India, a man wears a watch and becomes invisible. And it was a very beautiful... Uh, uh, it's beautiful. called something like Mr. X is the English translation, yeah. but yeah, yeah. It is done in a such a, it's such a beautiful and it's a very lovely story because he tries to save a bunch of kids and all so he makes it a it, they made it very Indian and with song and dance and there's this very hot actress she Devi who is like in love with him because he's in his so it was that but it was very Indianized with lovely songs and, and that was something the science fiction film for us as growing up like you know and that was all like you know and later on a lot of our exposure was unfortunately Hollywood science fiction more like you know Matrix Terminators because that's what they that gets played in Indian televisions, you know, they adopt it or Jurassic Park. So they adopt in local languages and that's what we see. So that was our, so our reference or benchmark was all this, you know, big Hollywood, you know, big budget Hollywood science fiction, uh, not so much Indian. Um, but yeah, there were a few series, like, uh, as you said, there was Captain Vyom, there were a few superhero series. And, you know, in general, if India, in India, if you were to talk about science fiction, it was essentially superhero rather than like, you know, pure science fiction story as such. You know, not many would be talking about time travel or aliens coming. As I said, the only alien coming story was one that was really copied from E.T., you know, so that was the only one. But it was a very standalone like that is that was one. And there were some random uh, good ones but like there was one uh, one uh, science fiction film called Tarzan the Wonder Car where the father dies and his soul gets stuck in a car so the car is like very beautiful purple car and this guy's like why is this car going and the car you know always helps the son and it's just very beautiful helps him get the girl he helps so it's a very lovely car is getting getting the girl and you know it's like why is this car after the car comes it's so and this was before all this, uh, uh, your Michael Bay's films. This was much before, you know, uh, uh, those films. So, and it was very cute. Michael said, Bay no. wasn't original. No. Uh, <laughs> Transformers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but like, yeah, I mean, of course, Transformers is a very different language. This was just, uh, you know, um, this was coincidentally like that. Like, you know, so, so th those were some of these stories, but despite that I used to get very attracted to them despite their you know low 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 quality VFX despite their you know shorthands in storytelling still because they were only windows to magic or they were there were like magical windows for me like I could actually then explore the various possibilities and since childhood I had a lot of attraction to you know uh, magic fantasy science fiction so for me 
to find anything that was even remotely related to sci-fi or fantasy in Indian uh, cinema was very attractive. So yeah, so but essentially the films were the ones that I quite liked. But eventually, I went back to you know the older mythologies, which were like really thousands of year old. Like you know, so we have something called as Panchatantra, which is our books. These are graphic novels, which you know. and not like high end graphic novels they are very you know meant for very middle class to you know indians so they get printed and they have all these mythological stories very colorfully drawn and you know so i used to read them and that was that formed the basis of my science fiction like you know those books so i always credit that whoever like you know i hope those guys i i don't think those guys are very rich who you know made and printed this but i you know they're rich in very different ways by actually enabling a lot of us you know in you know telling these kind of stories so the, that was our basis yeah i just I, i sort of got lost in a rabbit hole yesterday of indian science fiction um and look- looking at those sort of original older films in the 1960s and sort of seeing the connections to sort of global science fiction i thought that was uh really interesting so i did want to ask about that because obviously I haven't watched enough Indian science fiction uh to be able to <laughs> uh respond to that. Um so as a as a woman filmmaker working in science fiction in uh India you've also produced two um short films. Yeah. Uh so you have the time the the time machine or time machine yes. um which you made before cargo um and then your most recent one um 55 kilometers per second yeah. which was filmed during during Lock- lockdown yes um, yes remotely <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about time machine and and sort of um getting yeah. into short filmmaking and and sort of i'm interested in how uh women especially work their way up in science fiction so they have to prove themselves through short films um yes. before making a debut feature in the genre But yeah. I just thought it was interesting that you've got Time Machine, then Cargo, and then you've come back to short film making yeah. as a form. And um, I thought that was quite interesting as well. Yeah, and I was shooting one more. The lockdown happened. The, there was one more uh, uh, short film I was shooting called Astronaut in Parrot. I've only shot fifty percent of it, but like you know, once things open up in India and we can shoot again, I'll shoot the remaining part of it. That's also a short film. Yeah, I guess it's like for us. I think it's important. I've realized as a filmmaker that we have to keep doing our stuff, and not every time you will be able to raise the budgets to make your feature film. But then it's important that you don't stop because if you stop, then there's other things start playing in your head. So at least I feel every six months or so, even if you're not making your feature, and that's an advice I give to everyone, like you know, uh, younger filmmakers, like at least make your short film because through that your team is becoming stronger, your language is become. You're also figuring out like what is working, you know, your your VFX style. You're you're evolving in other places as a storyteller. You're evolving. So you know, uh, so I essentially do that, and also these short films can act as proof of concept for you know more complicated feature films. So that also helps. Uh, so I I really uh, I do it for essentially self improvement, but also I know not all the not all the stories will have you know that kind of a would need that kind of big canvas of a feature film. Like so, sometimes you can make a very short but very sharp and very good short film. because i actually like as a as a consumer of uh, i i i i read novels but also read short uh, short stories so i don't differentiate that like oh a feature is a big thing and a short film is a lesser thing i feel that and 
considering the way people's attention span is reducing i think maybe the short films what we have to go like you know but uh, essentially uh, i i feel that yeah one should and yeah it is also in a way time machine was when i was making time machine again i didn't have a lot of money for that short film because there again i was self producing you know trying to make some ads put money from here to there like you know trying to get you know favors from people who who would be you know interested in that but even while doing that i thought that i learned so much that it helped in cargo like and there were people who continued as a team members continued from there to cargo so i think it's important and your team also sees your struggle they are like we are very strong my team is very strong we care for each other a lot because we know that we have seen each other struggles we know we are doing this for pure passion for it like you know it's like for us it's like breathing like we have to make our films So no money for feature, no problem. Let's make a short film. Like you know, that's how we go for it about it. Yeah. Um. So can you just talk a little bit about um? I I haven't seen fifty five uh kilometers per second yet, but I know it is available uh online. So I will make sure that that's linked so that other people can see it as well. Yeah. Um. And I will be watching it as part of my review for Cargo because I'm interested in the the different ways that you have sort of interacted with science fiction. before yeah. and after cargo and um, what was it like filming something during lockdown and and how did that work for a science fiction piece yeah. so well, i think that's I an interesting section yeah. i i i don't even know how i finished 55 because i wanted to just give up doing it because it's very frustrating to shoot remotely like my cinematographer was in different city i was on a zoom call my actor was with his roommate who is not a professional cinematographer so he was locked down and his roommate was shooting and has like you have to perfect the shot and the roommate is like non bored so i'm like oh my god now to cajole the roommate <laughs> like you know so by the end of it just because we started it we thought ki let's just you know finish it and also because eventually we were becoming friends and it was also lonely very long lonely year for me this actually i filmed 55 before the release of cargo so i filmed oh, it right, okay. yeah so i, I and the, and that had been a year since i had made the film and the film was not releasing so i was i thought the only thing that will get me out of my whatever depression of or job search that i'm going through is like you know just jump and try to make something and then just uh, make it with those guys and i was like you know it's basically one guy in a room because you know and his surrounding whatever he could go to and how to use that space and use the power of vfx or use the power of you know sound design to actually tell a proper story like you know how to separately shoot so no two characters were together like in 55 everybody was separate but we intercutted and used so i think craft wise i learned a lot like while doing it uh, you know and uh, now i also say that somebody says oh we have you know you're writing a scene that is set in us i said yeah fine we can shoot remotely because now i <laughs> like shot a 20 minute film like remotely and you know and so at least that and the peak corona we had really shot it in peak corona in india where the lockdown was also very strict so we we couldn't even send you know uh, things for production design and i'm a very production design uh, i love production design so for me you should take away which you can that, definitely tell in cargo which is one yeah. of the things where i was like Yeah. <laughs> if you take away that for me uh, i was like oh my god is it looking good is it not looking good but i was also doing it because somewhere it was giving me hope in the lockdown when i didn't know when it was opening up when i didn't know whether cargo was releasing or not releasing 
so i was going through a lot of uh, uh, personal this thing and you know it was a low time so i thought the only thing that can give you hope at that point is your own stories your own work like and just interacting with other people who are like at least human other humans through uh, you know through this process of making the film so yeah 55 has got this sort of lovely um lockdown pandemic sort of theme to it as well in terms of that finding connections between people in moments of apocalypse and i just sort of i i thought i was wondering if it had been made yeah specifically for the pandemic or if it's just coincidence that it was being yeah. filmed and that that was the particular story that you were um yeah telling i just thought that was yes true no it was sorry sorry no 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 it was just a bunch of us friends who were getting bored during pandemic and we were we said let's just do something and and i was also going back to how i was during my film school where i was like you know uh, we used to not think so much like before making we used to be we should we used to be okay to fail so i was also worried if we would shoot remotely even if we would get to, to complete the story i said it's okay if we don't complete like you know we just having fun like it's not really it's just time right now because nobody spending anything we're shooting using our phone and stuff so it's time and we all are willing to give it like it's the best way to spend time is make films together so yeah that's how we went about it i mean that's how we started this particular uh projects oh. because uh, uh Lyle and I used to work at the same university and then uh I moved to a different university and then it so we live quite relatively in British terms far away from each other so Lyle lives in Wales and I live in Manchester um mm-hmm. so during a lockdown it was sort of a, a relatively long distance um and trying to find ways of making those connections but also making it feel sort of yeah Yeah. I don't know like you were doing something because that was one of the things about lockdown yeah. is that you just felt so yeah isolated Adrift. but also like well today <laughs> I didn't do anything. So yeah. this gave us like something to to sort yeah. of focus some energies yeah. on. True, um, true. Yeah. I think it's made it for me I mean it's ended up being my next major projects of what I'm working on. I've I've met these amazing women like like you who have been willing to speak to me who've been willing to sort of support what I'm looking at and, and that sort of area um and I I don't know if that would have necessarily have happened in the way that it did without the lockdown so I'm sort of although I would prefer not to have had the last year and a half as it was <laughs> there's still lots of positive things that came out of that opportunity to create to respond to things when everything had slowed down Yeah. Um and so I had this space to be able to do huge long internet searches trying to find films directed by women. Um and then I've now got sort of amazing people like have you seen this filmmaker have you seen this film and and sort of I've got really interested in the short films um as well as the feature films and seeing how women filmmakers work their way through those different forms and I I love the sort of your enthusiasm then for making short films as something that is training is experimenting but is also something that's joyful that making yeah. film is something that's exciting yeah um, and often the narratives around women filmmakers are it's hard i want to give up the industry is horrible and yeah. those things still exist but we don't always get the stories of women filmmakers going i had really good fun doing this and yeah. i really love what i do and and this is what i can produce when i get the opportunity um so Thank you so much for taking the time um thank you so much to talk you know, to I, us no no um uh-huh. and 
I feel like I learned a lot about the film and now I want to go and watch it again so that I can fit in those bits of the mythology with the science fiction. Um, and yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so very much. Um, so <laughs> there's a gap now because my brain hasn't stopped. My brain's not working, so. <laughs> no, I for me this has been this has been, you know, it's fantastic to see because I'm sort of a hobbyist in in film watching and so I I get drawn into sort of Amy's world and I learn so much more about film and things like that. And and then as a as a you know, as someone who who writes and creates things myself to see the different kinds of ways that stories can be told if you're released from that you must sell a million copies or or it must hit you know massive cinemas all these sorts of things um to see the different ways and it's freed me up so much in my storytelling um to go actually it doesn't have to happen in the first three chapters or this doesn't have to happen and it's perfectly okay if there's not this massive climax and and resolution and yeah. and to see the different kinds of stories that women can tell is just it's it's freeing so yeah. I really appreciate that. And, and thank you so much for, for talking about sort of how you've, you've thought about what goes into the film and, and the, the mythology. And because now I'm, I'm going to go do the same thing and dig into uh, all those different stories. Because um, it very much reminds me of, of, I grew up in New Mexico. And it very much reminds me of like the Native American storytelling traditions where the gods, I apologize, I'm sure you can hear my dogs in the background going nuts because they're cats fighting. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, of, of the stories where I grew up where the gods are very much like us and most of the time make massive mistakes that lead to hilarity. Um, and and so I love that, that there's this whole tradition of that elsewhere and that the notion yeah. that otherworldly beings are not perfect and all-knowing and all-being and omnipresent and omniscient which is a little bit dull really when you think about it it's more fun to think of them with foibles and flaws and characteristics that that are fun for storytelling nice yeah. nice and thank you so much for creating so much value for us also because now i'm gonna go and check all your other podcasts because then like you know it's nice to see you know because it's not just as we are women filmmakers but because also you you are like two really women who know their stuff the questions are so good even we understand stuff better when we interact and you know the questions are so precise that it gives me some food for thought to go back and think on so i'm very glad like you know you guys did this thank you so much thank you very much so thanks very much for joining us um Artie, and thank you for joining us for yes. uh, the women make science fiction podcast yeah. um and this episode and we'll help you join lyle and i again next time unless they replace us with robots yes or <laughs> men uh, <laughs> <laughs> flipping dogs <laughs> are the dogs <laughs> oh.